0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker in Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Top of the morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. I hope your Monday kicked off well because, man, oh man, we have a lot to talk about today. And I mean, there's a lot. To talk about on this morning's show. For those who are missing out, one, I've got two great articles coming to Substack in the next week. The first one is my new interpretation of the kill chain, with some really exciting security operations guidebook and handbooks that can really enhance anyone trying anyone practicing security in the security operation space. It's gonna be my kill chain article. The second one is gonna be the downfall of Avanti, and I document a serious challenges within security vendors, and I put together a great list for practitioners of how to vet your own security vendors going forward. So you want to make sure to do that. Go sign up to our Substack, .substack JamesAzar.substack.com. Exclusive content there. If you become one of our founding members or one of our annual supporters for only $99 a year, I'll get you one of these travel espresso mugs. They're great. They're amazing. They keep your espresso warm for hours, which is important. And they're small, you know, so it's great. Now, without further ado, join me for my coffee cup cheers this morning. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Nothing like an espresso on a Tuesday morning to kick off with this story coming out of Microsoft. And a phishing campaign that was detected in late November of last year has compromised hundreds of user accounts in dozens of Microsoft Azure environments, including many of those being senior executives. The attackers target executive accounts because that way they can access confidential corporate information self-approved fraudulent financial transaction access critical systems to use them as a foothold to launch more extensive attacks against the breach organizations or its partners, vendors, suppliers, or otherwise. Proofpoint's cloud security response team, which has been monitoring the malicious activities, issued an alert earlier yesterday highlighting the lures of the threat actors used and proposing a targeted self-defense measures. Now, the attacks themselves kind of masquerade, as if you document button to take a victim into a phishing page, once the victim gets into a phishing page they obviously try to uh, gather their credentials uh, and, and get higher privilege within the organization, the affected user base encompasses a wide spectrum of position, the frequent targets like sales directors, account managers, finance managers, as well as executive positions like VPs, CFO or treasurer, president, CEO, were also among the targeted. The analysts identified that the linux user agent string which attackers used to gain unauthorized access to microsoft 365 applications proofpoint said it observed unauthorized access to the following components the office 365 shell WCS client microsoft 365 exchange online my sign-ins my apps and my profile all of those had some sort of access there they've also used proxies In the target, in order to uh, not hit any sort of MFA or geofencing policies as well. This is kind of going to go into uh, a few tips here. How to defend according to Proofpoint, monitor the use of specific user agent strings shared above and source domain and logs, immediately reset compromised passwords or hijacked accounts, use security tools to detect account takeover quickly, apply industry standard mitigation against phishing, brute forcing, or password spraying attacks, and implement policies for automatic threat response. I'll give you another one. Tie accounts to MAC addresses as much as you possibly can. So that's one thing you can't fake, a MAC address. Some Azure Active Directors and some tools allow you to do that. Do an AD joined device. And if someone's coming from an outside an AD joined device, at that point, you can essentially ensure that they get an MFA. You can set a policy to get an MFA, have them reenter their password, um, have them authenticate separately. A whole slew of things that you can pop up that alert to your SOC team, and they can essentially get in touch with the person attempting that login in order to validate that specific login. AD Joint Devices reduces this risk significantly. It's a simple act, but it helps as well. There's that. CISA on Monday published their 2024 priorities for the Joint Defense. Sorry, the Joint Cyber Defense Collaborative which is an operational-focused government and private collaboratives which has faced many recent criticisms. Uh, The priorities expand the breadth and depth of the partnership to tackle more challenging, forward-leaning cyber risks that could evolve in the future and not just specific immediate risks. This is Clayton Romans, the associate director at CISA, with the accompanying blog post. Let's take a look at that here. So what are their top three priorities for 2024? Defend against APT operations. ODNI gave a threat assessment, making it clear Iran, Russia, North Korea, and China all target our critical infrastructure. Last week when I was at the Energy Transition Conference, I heard uh, uh, several CISOs, uh, the many cyber panels there, talk about their concern for China. I've also heard people from the national labs talk about their concern to China. So defending against APT aligns with what we've heard from the White House, from CISA. The second uh, uh, goal for 2024 is raise the cybersecurity baselines. Many intrusions are preventable. Meaning, focus on the CIS Top 20. Focus on doing the basics and not the shiny tools. Get the shiny tools to reinforce weaker areas or areas where you can't really enforce strong tools because it becomes a business hindrance or you're unable to do so because of technological limitations. That's the kind of stuff they look for here. They're also talking a lot about election security, obviously, given. But the presidential election is only but nine short months away. And additionally, the third and final goal for 2024 is anticipate emerging technology and risk. This has a lot to do with AI to critical infrastructure and OT networks and so much more of that. SISA's released this JCDC kind of approach, and there's a roadmap to AI and artificial intelligence by SISA. There's also one that has to do with critical infrastructure. And how do you secure those ot environments how do you secure the it ot data points there that's going to be extremely critical as we get into you know potentially trying to manipulate a water plan into putting more toxic chemicals into the water than the required limit in order to poison and cause a mass casualty event or a mass illness event in a specific place potentially taking down the grid in order to distract from a greater geopolitical discussion And so much more, our critical infrastructure now more than ever requires a partnership. This is coming from the JCDC, and we wish them the best of luck in executing this because we can obviously provide constructive criticism. But at the end of the day, CISA's success in driving a cyber agenda across the federal government, from the White House, from Ann Neuberger all the way down, hinges on our success as well because we cannot fight the APTs without CISA and the federal government having our backs there as well. Evante, again, I keep saying this name for the last month. If I had a nickel, I'd have $10. <laughs> but if I had a nickel for every time it was set on LinkedIn, I'd be a multimillionaire at this point. Hackers are exploiting now the server side request forgery, forgery vulnerability in the Evante Connect Secure Policy Secure and ZTA gateway to deploy a new, a, a new DS log backdoor on vulnerable devices. CVE 2024 20, 3 was disclosed as an actively exploited zero day on the 31st of January. Avanti sharing security update and mitigation advice to that. The flaw impacted the SAML component of the mentioned products and did allow attackers to bypass authentication and access restricted resources on the gateways running versions 9.x and 22.x. The update fixed the problem. However, on February 5th, this is now an actively exploited. Vulnerability, the DS backdoor, according to Orange researchers, has been injected into the appliances code base by issuing a SAML authentication request containing encoded commands. And so subsequent SAML requests showed attempts to secure, write file system permissions on the breach device, detect modification to a legitimate login script, and inject the backdoor in if the script indicating the modification is missing. All in all, you're seeing the discovery timeline here and the significance of this. If can't seem to get away from it, and I'll tell you something, um, as yours truly here and, and and the article I'm working on on Substack, it's not looking good. Popular retail uh, VPN provider ExpressVPN, which if you've listened to any podcast ever, these guys are like there, uh, disabled a split tunneling on its window client to prevent an issue where DNS requests were not properly directed to the servers. The issue, which was first introduced in May of 2022 in version 12.23.1, Of expressvpn resulted in a dns request remaining unprotected in certain conditions according to their announcement due to the bug the requests were sent to a third party typically the isp unless otherwise configured which could determine the domain visited by the user but not individual pages or other behavior the bug impacted versions 12.23.1 through 12.72.0 of expressvpn for windows if the split tunneling feature was used and the only allow selected apps to use the vpn mode was enabled so all in all um um, there's this aspect here and they've now said that the split tunneling is working with the latest version so uh, definitely something worthwhile bank of america is warning customers of a data breach exposing their personal information after its service provider was hacked last year The customer personal identifiable information exposed in the breach includes affected individual names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, and financial information, including account and credit card numbers, according to details shared with the Attorney General of Texas. They have yet to disclose how many customers were impacted by the breach. Infosys Macamish Systems IMS is the vendor who had its systems compromised. They have revealed to the Attorney General of Maine that 57,000 and 28 people had their data exposed into into the incident. Infosys and IMS parent companies, a multinational IT consulting giant with over 300,000 employees in 56 countries. Bank of America, one of the largest banks in the country, has 69 million clients at over 3,800 retail financial centers and through approximately 15,000 ATMs in the United States, its territories, and more than 35 countries. The breach occurred on November 3rd of last year when IMS was impacted by a cybersecurity event most likely a Logbit ransomware attack, due to the fact that Infosys was listed on the bit website. So there's that as well. Uh, Bank of America has not provided more details as of yet, but we anticipate the 8K to be filed here shortly with the material breach information that they can disclose at this time. The FCC is updating the data breach reporting rules for telecommunication companies who now must report any data breaching impacting customer PII within 30 days as required by the data breach reporting requirements. The FCC's final rule follows several proposals published in January of of this year, one year earlier than in January of 2023, and first circulated in January of 2022. The updated data breach reporting rule aims to ensure that providers of telecoms interconnected voice over IP protocol, and telecom relay services are held accountable in their obligation to safeguard sensitive customer information. You can read the whole uh, published document in the show notes, the link is there. Their summary, the rule is effective as of March 13th of this year, except for an amendment codifying several of those, those may have an effective date that would be a little bit later. So come March 13th, meaning in 30 days from now, All telecoms will have 30 days to report any PII data breaches. And finally, the funny news of the day. I figured the show needs a little bit of humor. And what better humor than the most useless organization on planet Earth, the United Nations, poised to announce an investigation into North Korea-sponsored cyber attacks against crypto companies that have brought North Korea about $3 billion to fund the country's illicit nuclear program. According to an advanced copy of the investigation, which was leaked by this so-called organization that actually cares about anything, uh, investigators are looking into 58 specific cyber attacks believed to have been waged by the DPRK to circumvent international section, sanctions against the country. Now, these North Koreas have been under Security Council sanctions since 2006. China helps them circumvent it. So does Russia. So does Iran. So this really has no teeth. It's just another one of those useless things the UN does. You can enjoy the humor with your happy face because that's pretty much all that is. It's just words there out there. That's it for our show this morning. I really appreciate all you tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe and share today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And like always, stay cyber safe.